All right, hello everyone, and welcome to a slightly different Fast Charge this week. In case you haven't guessed, we are now all working from home, thanks to the coronavirus, so we are trying a sort of Hangouts Fast Charge episode. We're going to see what works. We're realistically going to be stuck doing this for the next month or two, so let us know what you think and if you have any suggestions. Anyway, on with the show. I'm joined this week by Toddy, who you may know if you've watched episodes before. Hello. Uh, there he is. Uh, and also Guy Cocker, who's uh, not actually a member of the Tech Advisor team, but he's a, another British tech journalist and commentator. Uh, and he's actually launched a new podcast recently, so this is a bit of a quid pro quo. I think Toddy's going to appear on Guy's podcast, and Guy's popping in to join us here. So hi, Guy. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, do you want to enjoy your podcast a little bit while we got you? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks a lot, first of all, for, for having me on. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm in Toddy's uh, um, kitchen at the moment, in his <laughs> dining room, and he's uh, very kindly had me over to be on your show. And um, yeah, I've launched, I mean, episode three of my behind the scenes tech podcast. So it's really, it's about kind of getting to the people that are making waves in the industry that have that sort of behind the scenes access, going to all the events. I saw um, yep. Toddy at an event uh, last week, which we can't talk about because of embargo reasons. But um, yeah, it's just, you know, getting people on the show that have got the finger on the pulse. So uh, so hopefully that's Toddy. Yeah, nice. Uh, we will drop a link to that podcast in the description if I remember to do that. So <laughs> check that out. Uh, okay, so this week's been a bit uh, of an odd week for news. Obviously, the virus means companies are all sort of figuring out what they're doing. Uh, the main news this week is that Nokia has announced a few phones. If we've got our timing right, they have literally just announced a few phones. Fresh uh, off the press. So yeah, Toddy, you you have had a bit of a briefing on that, so yeah. That? So I haven't yet been able to. By the time this is going out, um, Nokia will have held, or HMD Global, I should say, will have had their formal launch event. Um, but in typical uh, fashion for the company, they've announced a whole swathe of devices. Um, this probably would have been unveiled at MWC or just afterwards um, had it gone ahead, but they've obviously held off. They wanted to see how. Um, the pandemic was going to play out and obviously now we were initially going to be going to a london launch um yep. in person that got nixed as well um but yeah they have they have unleashed four um discrete phones uh three of which are android smartphones and one of which is a feature phone which kind of plays on the nostalgia train that they've been riding for a few years now kind yep. of taking some of their old classic nokia devices from before hmd was in charge and kind of reviving them in some way, shape, or form. Uh, uh, can I just cut you off just before you go into what they have announced? Sure. Which is, there is one notable thing they haven't announced. So can we get that out of the way? Are we talking about the, the next nine? The next nine. The 9.2 or 9.1 or 9.3. Whatever, yeah. The, the, the Bond you... phone in theory. Yeah. Uh, I think we were all expecting that this week, and it hasn't arrived. Yeah, because the, the 9 PureView was uh, an interesting device, to say the least. And I think people wanted to see more about it, but it transpired that when they actually kind of came to launching it, no one really got that hype about it. And it was a bit of a mess, um, partly because it was like running on older hardware and it had mm -hmm. these six cameras that people didn't really get how that worked. I think it was five on the back five and one on the front. Yeah. Um, six in total, five on the back. But yeah, a, a phone with five cameras especially when some of them were the same, was quite confusing. So that was going to be their flagship. That was their flagship for the time. We don't yet currently have a direct successor to that. Yeah. So the closest thing that they did show to me um, is what they're calling a value flagship. Um, and that is a... Uh, it's running a Snapdragon 765G. And as you might be able to tell by that, that means it is Nokia's HMD Global's mm -hmm. first 5G 
Android smartphone. It's called the 8.35G. Yep. And it is a pretty nice looking device. Um, it's got their new Nordic design language, which looks quite slick. Um, nothing too drastic from what we're seeing from other manufacturers, mainly from Chinese companies with like nice reflective glass backs and, and all this yep. kind of stuff. It's got, a I think, a quad camera set up with a 64 meg main sensor. Might be the, the one that Samsung um, has put into the S20s. Right. Um, unclear yet. We'll know more once the phone's formally launched, obviously. Um, and beyond that, it's a pretty standard uh, Android device for the most part. One of the things, obviously, that HMD and Nokia is now known for is their kind of quick and secure Android update things, which they're promising with this. It's going to launch on Android 10. It'll probably get one, if not two, um, OS upgrades over its lifetime as well, because Nokia is pretty good for that. Um, and that's the kind of main crux of it. Uh, the big hook that they're pushing is that it is the first global 5G phone. Uh, which is only possible because of some new additional hardware that Qualcomm has released since they first announced their 5G initiatives, um, which this phone now integrates, which basically adds more 5G bands across the globe. Okay, so it should just be compatible with 5G in more countries. Yeah, they didn't, the idea. They, they didn't name names, but they had a nice little chart with all the different bands and all of the other, like, big, they were like, big 5G flagship from 2020 big 5g flagship from early 2019 and then one from yeah. late 2019 and obviously the only one with green ticks all the way along was the the 8.3 funny that go figure but yeah they're saying it's good for roaming uh on 5g and it's kind of ready to go for when carriers allow that kind of roaming with that kind of data speed which is cool, cool. i mean it's worth flagging just in case people aren't aware the 765g is qualcomm sort of mid-range 5g chip yeah so they have the 865 which is the sort of top end flagship we're seeing a lot of stuff this is a slightly cheaper one that's part of qualcomm's push to get 5g down into the lower bits of the market but i think this might be the first phone running it i, can't I think, think it might be i can't think of anything else yeah um especially not the 765g i think 765 is its own thing not yeah mistaken. yeah there's a 765 and a so there is a variation there and they're only slightly different i think i can't remember exactly um and kind of on the camera front, because obviously they do have this pure view branding, another thing they did mention is that it also has both a cinematic camera mode um, and an action camera mode. So kind of borrowing from Motorola's One series a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. um, the gimbal-like stabilization was a term that was thrown around in the briefing, which should give you an idea of what to expect. Um, no idea in quality, but um, it, do it will shoot 4K, um, I believe it's 60, okay. uh, which would be impressive for a kind of not flagship chipset. Yeah. Um, and the cinematic mode includes uh, integrated color grading, which we have seen from other companies, um, but also uh, log lets you shoot in log. So you can actually add your own LUTs and post processing, okay. which is not that common and quite high end. Something I would kind of expect from Sony, not Nokia. Well, they were pushing with the nine pure view. They pushed raw photography at a time where not that many other phones let you do it. True. So I guess it makes sense. They're trying to go down the same path sony is really which is that kind of like serious specialist. camera specialist yeah. yeah um i'll be honest i haven't really used many of the nokia high-end phones i've reviewed a couple of the cheap ones but we never managed to review the nine because they it never got no a really widespread release no uh, one really got it yeah and i've never personally used any of the seven series or the eight series i don't think i think i've used a six so right. i'm not really in space to judge how good their flagship tech gets yeah yeah, no, uh, I, I guess me neither. I don't know many people who've, who've spent a lot of time with the Nokia phones. Uh, I think they are popular in very specific markets. Mm. Um, they are also going to be launching in Brazil, which I think is going to be a huge one th for them because they're affordable phones are that much yep. more 
um, appealing to a lot of people and people do know that brand and trust that brand. Um, and another thing which was interesting, which again holds better for these markets where flagships aren't necessarily king, is um, the inclusion of, uh, uh, sorry, not the inclusion, the res- uh, resale. They, they apparently hold their value better than pretty much every other Android phone based on some independent study that they link to, which I can I mean, look into. That wouldn't be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I know most Android phones don't hold their value very well, so I was surprised to know that it was Nokia who would be the best. Like true, that surprised true. me. Um, so yeah, I guess if if you're looking in a, for a secondhand phone, like yeah, Nokia. Hey, um, yeah, that was the main crux of the the eight point three five G. I have, I have I a, saw so far. I have a question, Toddy, just because I, I wasn't at this event. I was at the the nine pure view around this time last year, mm-hmm. and right. I, remember, I remember seeing that. And then, like you said, it just didn't really make an impact, even though it had some cool features. But you've written here from your notes that it has this um, what was it, new generation of Nordic design? Just because I think that Nokia is, is positioned to be able to do some cool design. Like, does it have? Is it a cool looking phone? The phone, hmm, it, it, it looks perfectly fine. It's got the the circular camera module that we've seen from some of the more recent uh, mid range Nokia stuff, and like the Huawei Mate Thirty Pro as well. Um, the actual back of the phone, for the most part, resembles the kind of shiny backs that you've seen on Honor and Huawei devices, and mm-hmm. on, like lots of the Chinese phones, like I said. And um, but the company did compare it, and you'll probably see this in the live presentation, which will have just aired. Uh, by the time this show goes up, uh, that they are drawing comparisons to the Aurora, you know, the Northern Lights. Um, so that should give you some idea of okay. the reflective pattern on the back, but it's just Fun. a kind of flat blue color. It's not like purple and green and black and whatever. Uh, it's it's a nice, tasteful design. It's nothing too crazy. It's not going to blow, uh, blow anyone's mind. But um, yeah, the Nordic design, I think the, the idea of it is quite alluring, you know, kind of a ro- romanticizing the, the design language of the of the, uh, the phone but yeah it's yeah but i guess that fits they've always again with that nordic idea they've always gone kind of understated mm. you know i miss the the fluorescent lumias of windows phone days <laughs> those yeah. are my my favorite kind of uh yeah nokia phones i think personally uh so i guess let's move on so they've they've also announced a couple of other sort of cheaper android phones which i don't really want to dwell on too long but you just want to give us a quick what yeah. are they they are the 5.3, or they just call it like the third generation Nokia 5, and then the 1.3, which is another Android Go device. Yeah, right. Um, they're both, I think, under 200 euros, which is pretty good. Um, so I think these are the phones that are actually going to sell a lot better for Nokia than maybe the, the 5G flagship um, flagship device, the, the value flagship, as they called it. Yeah. Um, I'm most interested in, in the Go devices. I think I like the concept of Android Go as a super, super lightweight build of Android. Mm. And all of the apps on there are also lightweight. Um, it'll do well in markets like India without a doubt. Um, also, one of the things they highlighted was that it now integrates the Camera Go app, which I didn't realize was a thing. So no. the camera app that Google makes for yeah. Android, the native one, they have, they have a Go version. But then HMD has taken that and added its own low-light algorithm work. So Fun. it probably will have better low light. Um, they didn't tell me camera resolution though, so I don't know what yeah. <laughs> what the baseline is hardware wise. Um, but I think both phones will probably sell well because they are affordable and they run smartphones, uh, smartphone OSs. Um, but yeah, and again, you know good. you're going to get updates because it's Nokia. Yeah, um, security updates will be really quick. OS updates, they both. I think even the Go version, they they said it'll get. Android 11 Go and 12 Go as well. Yeah. So, which yeah, for a cheap if, phone is so rare. Like exactly. that's a big part of the cell. They're, they're seeing, especially the the 1.3. They're seeing it as a transitionary device for those uh, markets where feature phones are still very big. 
They want it to be the transition device. And I can yep. totally see that working. Cool. So speaking of, there is a feature phone, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know a huge amount about it. It's using their S30 Plus OS, which is a super lightweight kind of, I think it's Symbian based or was kind of modeled after yeah. their Symbian OSs of old. Um, but yeah, it's a candy bar called the 5310. Um, and if you remember from, I'm going to say the early 2000s, the Express Music range. I don't know if, if either you or, or Guy, you guys ever had any of these now. phones, but they were kind of just doubling down on music playback. So they all had media controls. They typically went for like a white or a black finish with a red or blue accent yeah, line. Yeah. So that might jog your memories if you, you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it looks fine. It's a, it's a modern take on those. It's Nokia... HMD again doing that nostalgia thing, which they did with the 8810, the uh, 3310 before that. Um, I don't think this one quite has the same gravitas as those did, but I can totally see again in markets where feature phones are still very popular. Yeah, this will definitely be a thing. Um, all the Android phones I mentioned, I think, are going to go on sale in markets like America. The feature phone, I don't think will. Yeah. Whereas we might be able to get it over here in Europe, but that remains to be seen. How long do we think it is until they do an engage? Oh, I yeah. don't know. I kind of want one just to see what they do. But I, I don't would know. absolutely get an engage revival. I'd be, I'd be there. It's been too long since we've done some side talking with the uh, with the engage. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually really liked. It. I, I, I bought. Well, I think I bought it when it when it got a bit cheaper. But um, right, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider was it was it was good on that thing. It's just that blew know. my mind seeing Tomb Raider running on a phone. Like that yeah. was incredible. So, but this Express Music, just, are you going to be able to, I'm looking at your notes again, it says it's 2G phone, so you're not going to be able to stream anything to it. It's, it's just nope. going to be just the music, and, just yeah. music that's on the phone, which is yeah. very, very kind of throwback to me now. Yeah, I mean, you know, like with the 3310 revival, they did eventually do a 4G model. I, yeah. I could totally see HMD doing that here as well. Maybe even mm. bringing in a, a Spotify client for their... I was going to say, but then that would need a Symbian version of Spotify, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. So it depends yeah. how, how deep they want to go on this music mm. integration and how best they see this phone fitting into various markets maybe yeah. they don't need to worry about that because they just know that people aren't going to be buying or streaming sorry if they're looking at phones like this yeah 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 so that was that was the main crux of everything i saw in the pre-brief um the the other thing i guess is that also hmd is going to be offering a a global data sim uh which is just under 10 euros a gig but you can use this one this gig of data in 180 different countries and you can obviously top it up via an app on your phone so you can pop it into a hotspot you can pop it into your phone as a secondary sim Mm. what do you guys think about a roaming in general the state of roaming right now and and that product or concept I, I I was actually interested in the fact that you said that the latest was it the um it was the eight point uh th- was it eight point three eight point one um mm. uh, sorry the the latest the 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 five G um phone that went around yep. the world I thought yep. that was a, that's a really good idea someone that yeah. travels that travels quite a bit that's that's quite that would be an annoyance if I was buying a five G phone right now where it just it might not have f- support five G when I'm in America or somewhere, somewhere else so that's so that's quite interesting in terms of in terms of being able to buy um gigabytes that's a pr- that's a pretty reasonable price what was it 10 10 euros for a gig yeah 95 i think is the pricing they told me and i think the top-ups might be even cheaper but again i've gotten i've gotten used to sort of relatively um relatively generous roaming on um i'm i'm with three obviously other mobile providers are available but um <laughs> with three they they're pretty good but um we'll see how whether that still travels forgive the pun when when we're out of the eu and all that sort of stuff but um yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a pretty good price if you if you don't have that flexibility sure. with your provider yeah I think the UK market were quite lucky with uh, some of the roaming 
uh, offerings that our our biggest carriers are, are giving up right now in the contracts. I don't think that is true of other markets at all. Yeah. So I see this might have more legroom to actually take off in totally. maybe markets outside the UK. Yeah. I mean, I, I I rely on things like this a lot of the time when I travel because I'm on GIFGAF and they are bad for roaming. They're very right. good in the UK and they're very cheap in the UK, which is why I'm on GIFGAF. Mm-hmm. But uh, for roaming, they're, they're, they don't actually offer very much. So I do, I use things like this. I use, um, uh, I buy sims when I'm abroad, but actually stuff like this where you can just buy the one thing and take it with mm-hmm. you wherever you go is way easier. Yeah. Um, they're, they're obviously not the only company doing it. It's an interesting move for them as a phone manufacturer to then be moving into that ecosystem space as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, w- I went to see LG a couple of years ago in Korea and having to go and buy the new SIM in the airport and then faff around activating it. Yeah. This, that is a much a much better solution. Obviously, we're not doing much traveling in general at the moment, but <laughs> once, that, once that's over, yeah, it's a pretty good deal. Yep, right. Well, that seems as good a note as any to wrap up Nokia and move on to segment two, where we are going to discuss how much coronavirus has changed the tech world this week. Right, so yeah, coronavirus has been wreaking havoc across the tech industry for a while. Obviously, that's why the Nokia event has been a sort of a live stream only. Uh, I know we talked about it a bit in past weeks, but we kind of wanted to just do a roundup of a lot of the things that have changed this week, as I think this is basically the week, certainly for us, but a lot of people in the UK and the US and the West in general have gone into isolation and lockdown, and everyone is now trapped in their houses, um, which has suddenly changed the way people use tech and what tech they use. Um so, Guy, I think you were telling me earlier that Steam just recorded its highest concurrent users ever, or something like that. Yeah, this was just this was a little bit that I saw in in another story that was just interesting. I thought that um, online gaming obviously is one of the things that I think is going to benefit from this. That uh, like Netflix, you know, I think people are starting to binge shows at the moment. But online gaming on Steam, which is still the PC's largest gaming platform, although um, the Epic platform is kind of a challenger to them, it saw an all-time high on Sunday with more than 20 million concurrent players, which is mm. uh, a new record for them. Um, uh, this is going to be no surprise to anyone. It likely due to many people staying at home due to yep. the, the, the C word. And uh, yeah, it's just, um, you know, I, I've certainly been playing a few more games in the last week just to sort of, you know, just because I've been at home, I've been socializing with friends on um, Call of Duty Warzone, which has been, I mean, you couldn't really get a better launch for that. I know obviously it's a its a horrible time for a lot of people, but if you're going to launch an online game, it's, it's a good time it's, to do it when everyone's, yeah. in, you know, stuck at home. So um, yeah, it's, it's had the largest, the, sorry, the fastest growth um, uh, ever outside of a mobile game. So I think 15, I think they hit about 6 million in the first uh, 24 hours and they've wow. now hit 15 million um, players, which is uh, which is kind of insane. I mean, the game's, the game's really good. I, I really enjoyed it this weekend. It's um, It's got cross-platform play as well, so you can play. Yep. I was playing on PC and I was playing against a, someone on Xbox and PlayStation. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's really good. I would recommend anyone um, give it a go um, at the moment. I'd be keen to jump into it, actually. I've been busy playing Doom Eternal for review, oh, which has I- been very fun. I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited to play that game. I loved the last Doom. I've um, I just coming up before coming over here. I started preloading the game on Steam. I, nice, I can't nice. wait to play it on Friday. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. And you were saying some people have actually been getting copies early as a 
potential coronavirus impact? Yeah, so, so, so game, um, I think it was game in York, which is sort of where, where, where I grew up, my neck of the woods. Right. I think they, they tweeted out last night um, a surprise move to everyone saying that if you want to pick up the game early, you can pick it up at 9 a.m. today. So so to a time recording um, on Wednesday, you can pick it up on Wednesday. It's supposed to, it's supposed to release on Friday which is kind of counterintuitive because you don't kind of want to encourage people to go out to no. you know places where there are lots of other people. So so this is physical copies of the game we're talking about? Physical copies, yes. Right, so okay. I'm a bit... Uh, you know, look, there's bigger things going on at the moment, but mm. I would really like to play Doom Eternal. And so I, <laughs> I would really like it if I could go home after this and go and play a little bit of it, but I can't because I've got it on Steam. So, yep. uh, so again, bigger problems at the moment, but it's slightly annoying. Uh, even I was a bit like, oh, maybe I'll just go and pick it up from game because, like I say, it's, it's it's the first game in a long time, maybe since Red Dead, that um, I've just been really excited to play on launch day. Yeah. And you, you've been playing it for review. I've, you know, the reviews went up yesterday. By yep. all accounts, it's a, it's a phenomenal game. It's a, it's a really fun knowing, it knows that it's a, you know, sort of fun, dumb shooter that's heavily influenced by sort of gothic art and, and metal music. And it's, and that's exactly what I want to play right now. So I wouldn't encourage people to go to, to game or any other stores that are selling it early, but I can understand why people would. Yeah. And I mean, it comes as some of those stores are like cancelling midnight uh, launch events that they would yeah. otherwise have run for that and Animal Crossing, which hits at the same time as Doom, which was always my favorite pairing of game releases. I think it's a beautiful <laughs> bit of market synergy that <laughs> Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing hit at once. <laughs> but right funny. now it's even better. It's funny because it feels like Animal Crossing is the game we need right now. I've yeah. played previous games, you know, like sort of running a town and being nice to everyone. It's like it's the it's the game we need yeah. right now. It feels like yeah. it feels like social media in general is sort of you know it's 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 sort of circled people around this idea of just being nice to each other. So it's it's quite again it's quite a nice quite a nice change in general. There's no panic buying in Animal Crossing. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> everyone's got enough toilet paper. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's sort of this nice mix of when you need something nice and soothing to calm you down, Animal Crossing is there, and then when you've got some sort of pent-up frustration from being trapped in your house, That's Doom Eternal is there for you to take all that <laughs> off. Um, but it's not just games, obviously, like, uh, movie stuff has been hugely effective. I mean, we've noticed mm. on, on the site there's been a surge in traffic to our piece on Netflix Party, which is a Chrome extension that lets you watch netflix simultaneously with other people so that it all plays and pauses simultaneously nice. i was pitching to my friends in south sea just yesterday that we might try that out because yep. it sounds like it's a fun time and it's just this kind of yeah as people try to figure out these remote ways to socialize um but then also access to it so obviously this is the film industry is trying to figure out what the hell to do now that cinemas are shutting so again actually this ties back into nokia because obviously uh james bond no time to die was i think the first film that got postponed because of the, the outbreak and that got pushed back to a november launch which affected nokia because nokia had a phone featured in the film that they were going to do a big marketing push on it's going to be which, the 8.3 i'm pretty sure it's the 8.3 5g which they will have confirmed in that nokia launch event that so, just aired yeah so that obviously changed things with nokia but now we've seen loads of other films get delayed um but then also universal is the first company to wade in and say that they're doing uh, day and date digital releases instead for at least some movies um yeah, so, there was a, there was a tr I think it's Trolls is the first one is the, the next whatever their Trolls movie. I'm not a huge Trolls fan. I'm sorry, but um, is it bad that I am and I am excited? Oh, for sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to people with the Trolls. No, 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 no trolls absolutely. Um, Each to their own. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I watch. I, I like the idea of watching films on my mobile devices or at home, and and I like the idea personally of having the option of um, of going to uh, you know just being able to watch. The, so I want to see the Invisible Man. Uh, yep. self, I want to see um, what else do I want to see at the moment I, def- I still haven't seen Parasite I really want to see Parasite so I like Same. the idea of being able to just get them digitally and, and be yep. able to watch them obviously I mean the, the, the movie industry is one of the big industries that's really being affected through this the, the, I was I wanted to go out the other night and see Parasite actually and the cinema had closed rightly so due to um, government advice and um, I, I think the interesting thing and there's a lot of industry analysis on, on this if you want to read about it on, on the likes of um, The Hollywood Reporter I think that when the dust settles from all of this the movie's the movie theatres, the the cinemas, are going to have a, a really difficult time sort of putting the genie back in the bottle once people are used to getting, if not yep. day and date re- releases with the cinemas, then not waiting as long as they used to. I mean, even Frozen 2 has been pulled forward on uh, Disney+, Plus, which is due to launch still in the UK in a few days' time. So um, it, it's going to be difficult, like I said, to get the genie back in the bottle and, and have this sort of, whatever it is now, three-month window of exclusivity in the cinemas. I just don't see that happening. I, I see... There being this is going to go on for a while. There are going to be increased pressure. Some of the big movies like James Bond and Fast and Furious and Black Widow are going to be pushed back. Yeah. But I think that it will become this is going to be a test case now for releasing movies uh, day and day digitally alongside cinemas and, and yep. seeing seeing how they do. I think it's going to fundamentally change the way we see movies in the future. Totally. And, and basically, this has always been a thing that, for the most part, the studios want to happen, and it's been there kind of complex relationship with the cinemas and the movie theaters that stopped it from happening because the movie theaters just say if you're going to put it out in digital we won't play it in cinemas at all and then but now basically it's this several month period probably where movie theaters have lost all that bargaining power that's and, right and, yeah. and, and the big studios like uh, like warner brothers and, and universal they're they're owned by um they're owned by tech companies they're owned by uh, the likes of comcast who do um you know direct consumer yeah uh, fi- fiber lines and um and warner brothers are you know large large um organizations that are owned by organizations that have other concerns and i think for them they're like why are we still in bed with these movie theaters it's a it's a low revenue for them it's relatively low revenue mm-hmm. For them, I think they just they want to get it onto their plat their own platforms where they can control the release, For they sure. can control the schedule, they can make more money out of it. So it's it's going to be a really interesting time. Yeah, um, and and looping back more directly to to the phones and sort of tech hardware, uh, that kind of retail is getting affected too. So we've seen Apple has now having previously shut its stores in China and now reopened them. It's now shutting all of its stores outside China, um, which obviously a temporary measure they will reopen again but then in the uk we've seen uh, one of the big phone retailers here carphone warehouse has shut uh, all of its uh, stores permanently now they're, they're not blaming coronavirus but with the timing you can't help but wonder if it kind of felt like a the the nice if they were sort of close to pulling the plug maybe now is the nice you know an easier time to do it than sort of sticking through another few months of of bad business I mean, how online has affected the high street has been a conversation for years now. I think what I'm most curious about is um, the trend that Carphone is doing. So so basically Dixon's Carphone Group, who own Carphone Warehouse, they're shutting all their dedicated Carphone stores. They're keeping their in-store mini Carphone Warehouses that are in their Curry's PC World stores, which are big, about 20 times the size, they say, like these big kind of like IKEA-sized warehouses. Mm. Um I'm wondering if we're going to see more and more of that from other businesses or it is going to become a new business model where everything is just online or warehouse. Yeah. And those are the two kind of experiences you get. 
and there's no kind of small retail chain stuff anymore yeah. for certain types of products because there's no money in it. I mean, again, going back to games, that was the move for uh, for games for a bit. Game. The game, yeah. the retailer we talked about earlier, who was who was had some Doom uh, available early. Like they also run little stalls in uh, JD Sports, I think it is, which is a sportswear yes, retailer. Really so they still have their individual shops, but actually there was a point where it really looked like they might close all the individual mm. shops and just have these little stands in 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 big shops. Um, and yeah, I think more and more that will be what happens. And again, I think there'll be a lasting impact from this. I think a lot of those little shops will shut and they just won't open again when this yeah, is all yeah. done. It's, it's bad, it's, it's bad for, for jobs and that's going to be a recurring theme throughout, during this process. But it's still, it's kind of absurd really and shows you that naming doesn't really matter that there's still a store called Carphone Warehouse 20 years on from, I don't know when people <laughs> used to have Carphone. Carphone, it's, Carphone it's, yeah. It's, it's a ridiculous concept. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's still sorry to see them go from the high street. Yeah, okay. So um, next up, we're in the midst of recording this segment, essentially. We just got uh, press releases that Apple has announced new products, which you will obviously already know as you watch this a day on. But let's talk about those. Okay, yeah. So literally, as we've been recording Fast Charge today, Apple decided to announce an updated iPad Pro and MacBook Air, which is fun because we've just been dealing with that in a scramble as we try and get ready to talk about them. So bear with us. We are press releases in front of us reading through this right now as we go. So yeah, let's do the iPad first, as I think that's probably the more exciting update of the two, though they're both conservative-ish. Um, the main, I mean, the headline thing they're talking about is a LiDAR scanner, which I am not that excited by. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, I, I mean, so it's... It, it might be tricky, like, you know, like EKG on the Apple Watch was maybe a hot... Some people got the idea, but it wasn't necessarily the most sexy edition. Yeah. It sounds like the same kind of thing. And especially as it's really just an improving existing feature set, it's not adding new functionality to the device. Yeah. So this will basically make AR better, uh, which if you really love AR, I guess is a big selling point. And if you're buying a thousand pound iPad for AR, great. Um, I don't know many people who use it a lot. So I don't know I, how I it's going. I don't know if one person exists that wants that, but anyway, that's <laughs> yeah. interesting. Um, uh, it, it's interesting. This is the first iPad that's integrating that that kind of iPhone 11 style square camera module onto the back. Mm. That's something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where the lidar scanner is as well. So they've got yeah. a new, they've got a new wide. Um, the 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 wide lens is the one that's interesting and new. Yeah, um, mm. they've still got that standard lens. I think th is this the first time that I'm reading like you as we go yeah. here the A12Z Bionic chip. So that's now, I guess, that's the fastest. New. Yeah, the fastest chip that Apple produces. But don't they not normally name them A11X rather X, than Z? Yeah, they yeah. jumped up to Z this time. Um, but apparently it's uh, uh, faster. That's news. <laughs> <laughs> I love it was a slower chip, but uh, yeah. <laughs> there also there was an A12X that was in ah right okay uh, previous iPad Pros. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're this is just a step gap before they do an A13, I suppose. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Or is there an A13? Isn't I lost that track. What of the iPhone 11s run on? Yeah, there is. So why isn't hmm? So it's not clear if this is far. Is this? Do they say this is the fastest chip? No, it doesn't in the in the press release. I'm just. I, I feel like I'm going crazy. I'm just googling what uh, what chipsets in the. So um, maybe this is the fastest so, iPad, but it's not using the latest Apple chipset architecture. 
That's it's a just a modified odd. version of the 12 yeah. from 2019. 2018, I, that, I guess. Yeah. I think 2018. I think that's spot on. But I thought the whole point of the iPad Pro was that this is like this is the fastest that you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. It's um, it's the chipset in the in the iPhone 11 Pro is the A A13 Bionic, and this is the A12Z Bionic. Why would the, they deviate the now? That's a very odd move on their Seems part. Seems odd to me. Yes. Yeah. 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 I can only assume it's easier integration with the existing iPad Pro internals or something for some reason, and they didn't. Maybe they had that at a part they still needed to use or something mm. like that. But it does feel like an odd kind of almost cost-cutting measure for what is, like you said, meant to be the top of the line, best of the best, fastest thing Apple makes product. Yeah, well, it's, this... it's pro. And um, as we saw with the, I, with the iPhone, pro, there's not too much really that's pro about it, if we're, if we're being you know, brutally honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's pro audio with studio quality mics. Mm-hmm. Five yeah. of them. Um like the other slab-sided pros, it uses the Apple Pencil 2, so the one with the flat edge, yep. rather than the rounded one that like the cheaper iPads use, which yeah. is fine. There's a new keyboard. The I mean, keyboard's it's the interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. I, don't th- I don't think there's anything new with the display from what I'm looking at. It's the same. No. It's a beautiful display from, yeah. from yeah. what I've, what I've such used. Such a good but, display. Yeah, it's such a good Based display. I don't, think, yeah, I don't think there's anything new about it. But yes, that keyboard is interesting. Sorry, I cut you off. No. No. Yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement. Which is the it's a kind of funny one because the iPad itself is a, feels a bit iterative, but the the keyboard is cool. So it's a new Magic Keyboard that has a trackpad. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And so this is the first time there's now trackpad support in iPad OS, which wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a Magic Keyboard that magnetically attaches to the iPad Pros, uh, which are oh, I don't think we said it's these are this is for both sizes, isn't it? The 11 and the 12.9. Yeah, yeah, 11 inch and 12.9 right. inch. So there's two different sizes of keyboard to fit the matching iPad. And yeah, magnetically attached, but they're proper keyboards. It's the same magic keyboard that you could get on a 16 inch MacBook Pro. It's not a continuous surface anymore. They are now actually actuating keys that you yeah. can click down, which is kind of crazy for an iPad, I guess. Yeah, with the with the scissor mechanism as well, which is, yeah. is divisive, but yes, it's there. Yeah. The yeah. downside of all that is you pay for it. My God, you pay for it. <laughs> Uh, so brace yourself. The smaller iPad Pro Magic Keyboard for the 11 inch is 299 pounds. Uh, the larger one is 349 pounds. I don't know prices in other currencies right now, but you can probably guess. Uh, wow for a keyboard! Wow yeah. for a keyboard! So even if you're buying the base, the base model, you're getting pre- you're getting over a grand. If you if you get the most simple 769 pound Wi-Fi model of the 11 yep. inch. Um, uh, that's seven hundred sixty nine pound, and it's three hundred pounds for the Magic Keyboard. It's it's more than an it's more than a MacBook Air. It's yep. um, it's a lot. It's a what, lot. What I would say, I guess, is that Apple that the iPad Pro line is still a lot more functional without an additional keyboard mm. than say the Microsoft Surface line. Sure. sure. Despite them both selling the keyboard separately, I think with the Surface line you need to buy that keyboard pretty mm. much without fail. Whereas yep. on the iPad you can get by quite happily for a lot of the experiences without the keyboard. Yeah, I would agree with that. You can get a Bluetooth keyboard if you want. It's and not that's quite it, yeah. You don't have to spend two, three yeah. pounds on, on Apple's keyboard if you don't want to. It's and, okay. And they still have the Folio keyboard if you don't. If you want an Apple keyboard oh, okay. that's not the full Magic keyboard, you can still get the old style Folio. I mean, that's still not cheap either. That's almost no. 200 pounds. But um, just specking them up here. So you've got space gray or silver for both models, um, up to a terabyte of internal storage. Uh, which adds about 500 quid, four 500 quid to the price tag with the looks of it. 
Um, and yeah, Wi-Fi or cellular again. And yeah, it's kind of standard fare stuff beyond beyond that. Yeah, no, okay. So I think that pretty much covers the iPad, which is mm. not a massive change, but like the accessory is probably more interesting. I wonder if that keyboard is back compatible with an older iPad that's Pro good, or not. That's a good question. I think the one thing that we haven't covered is that it's not that keyboard. So the um, the new iPads are out. I think I'm just going to double check this. They're out uh, in about a week's time, 25th? Yeah, 25th of, um, of March. But the for some reason, that, that folio, the, sorry, the um, uh, Magic. Magic keyboard yep. is not available till May, which is not a good sign because, you know, Apple has had its big its big sort of PR nightmare from the last few years has been this uh, this keyboard on certain models <laughs> of the MacBook Pro. So, yeah. so the fact that that's not quite ready for launch doesn't give me the greatest confidence if I'm the sort of Apple fanboy that goes and buys both the new iPad and the um, and the keyboard. But um, yep. but yeah, I, I look. I, I'll I'll t- play Devil's Advocate. I really like Apple stuff. I, I've not owned an mm-hmm. iPad Pro, but I've I've used a, used it a couple of times, and um, I re- I really like it. I just I, it's the one area, and we'll come on to this in a second with the with the MacBook, where the MacBook Air is actually I think quite good value now. This yep. is still old school Apple price gouging. If you want this, like you got to, I don't, I can't see really many people buying this for the, um, for the AR capabilities. Um, it's just, it's just a strange one, really. I, I don't really see the point of it. it. It basically seems to make the iPad Pro a bit better. It's yeah. certainly not something to upgrade to if you're already on one, though. There doesn't yeah. seem anything here that would justify the leap up. Um, but yeah, the MacBook Air has also had a refresh. Um, which, like you said, is is affordable. Um, it was already fairly well priced. It now starts from nine hundred ninety nine pounds in the UK. Mm. I'm not sure what it was before, but that is apparently lower, um, which is good. I think it was one oh nine nine. And actually, yeah. again, because I was looking, I actually um, bought one. I had the choice between an Air and a Pro in September, and I went with the Pro just just for the little bit extra power. The, mm. This the new one. Actually, I'm just making sure I'm on the latest MacBook Air. It's so it's got a quad. Is it quad core processor now? I think. Yeah, which um, I think they say is a first for the Air range. That's right. Um, although, hold on, it's still yes. I think you've got a. I'm I'm looking at the page again. Apologies for this because we're we're sort of um, figuring this out, figuring it out as we go. Yeah, it's still <laughs> listed as a dual core one, so you might have to pay for that quad core. Yes, the yeah. the 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 higher thirteen hundred pound model is quad core, but Fine. still the basic one is still dual core. So okay. I hadn't spotted that. So that's slightly less exciting. But with the with the MacBook Air, they have at least started to put in um, two hundred fifty six gigabytes of storage as that's say as basic yeah. which is great because the macbook pro that i bought it's powerful but it's only got 128 gig of storage which it, i i am butting up against um, yep. constantly when i'm doing video work and stuff like that so it's sure. it's it's annoying but I, I actually think yeah you know the macbook air give apple credit you can you can get equivalent pcs from huawei that are just as good but i think if you're going with a mac the macbook air is actually pretty good pretty uh pretty good value buy i would say i i'm impressed because i already thought it was and yeah. this makes it a definitely an even more compelling option um yeah I, I, again it's not a massive change here they just tweak things but upgrading things and dropping the price at the same time is so rare especially for apple yeah um it feels a bit like the strategy they took with the iphone 11 where they just sort of said okay actually let's really have something that's affordable ish um in that in that space and you know they can make a great product at that price point that really delivers oh, yeah. they didn't used to do it but like it's nice to see them wading into that space. Um, sure. Since we were dwelling on the keyboard earlier, it's worth saying as well that this now has the newer upgraded scissor key keyboard. For MacBook MacBook Pro 16. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. I think is also the same hardware that's in in that iPad keyboard. Yeah. So um, that is. I didn't actually use the 16 inch. 
Pro, so I don't. I haven't tried that keyboard to know. Okay, how my much. colleagues over at DA definitely tried it out, and they they. I think everyone who's tried it has really enjoyed the 16. I think mm. versus some of the previous Pros. So yeah. Um. So yeah, the MacBook Air that feels like a winner. Um. The other minor thing I'm seeing here is that they have also updated the Mac Mini, which just oh. feels like a skew update. They have doubled storage capacities for every model while keeping prices the same. Is it tenth gen chips or? Um, it, I think it's literally just they've changed the storage capacity. Wow. Okay. So it's just that now <laughs> the the base model comes with two five six rather than one two eight and so That's on. That's decent. But without changing prices, which is good. Yeah, for sure. Take that. Um, yeah. I mean, we obviously talked um, in an episode a week or two ago about the iPhone SE two, which was kind of expected at the end of March, and this is obviously not that. Don't know how this affects that. It certainly adds to the sense that that's not coming soon, because it would feel weird for Apple to announce these mm. and then do the iPhone again in a week or two. Yeah. So I think this is a good sign that you should, you know, shouldn't hold your breath for that cheaper iPhone. Mm. Um, I, there's probably a bit of a wait. I think as well, just a real quick one. I think a lot of people, myself included, are waiting for a new um, Apple TV because if you play mm. on Apple Arcade on your mobile, it's phenomenal. It's great. I would highly recommend it. Some amazing games there, but if you play them on your Apple TVs, it's, it's, a lot of them the performance isn't quite there, and I feel like that's long overdue and upgrade now. But obviously, yep. that's not happening this this time around. Guess not. Um, right. Okay. Cool. That will be it for today. Um, thank everyone. Thank you everyone for tuning in and uh, working with us as we figure out how this works without a nice video studio to shoot in. Uh, no, thank you to Apple for dropping products in the middle of us recording. That was not <laughs> helpful. Please give us warning next time. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, uh, Toddy, and especially thank you, Guy, for, for yeah. joining us this week. Thanks it's been a pleasure much. to have you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you. All right, cheers. Like and subscribe, everyone. You know, see you soon. <laughs>